Welcome to the Salon Owners Collective podcast. Each week on the podcast, you'll hear stories and tactics from experts and influencers who will provide you with actionable steps to transform your business and your life. I'm your host, Larissa McClemon, and I help salon owners move from stress and overwhelm to lead a life of freedom and profit by implementing a strategic framework to grow and scale their business. So wherever you are in the world, I want to officially invite you to join me in this episode and make an important step in your journey towards more freedom and more profit. Welcome to the Salon Owners Collective podcast. Now, over the last two episodes, we really have focused on leveling up our salon business. We've looked back at our wins and our lessons, and we've got some clarity over our nine drivers and focus points uh, for the right stage and phase of where your business is at at the moment and the right size of team. So now I really want to dedicate this time to decide that you will step up into your role as the salon CEO and decide that this year is going to be different and decide that you'll become a salon CEO, uh, that you know that you really want to become and step away from your role as a stylist or a therapist. This is no longer going to serve you to grow your business. So decide to be the one who goes for it and achieve the goals that you've set for yourself, the goals that you've set for yourself, for your team, and your family. Now, I know that there can be a bit of a tug of war between family, friends, relationships, business, and even self. Business sometimes can be all-consuming, but as your business grows and grows through the growth stages, it changes, and you get better at your job. And as you step into your role as a CEO, trust me, it becomes simpler, calmer, but of course, only if you allow it intentionally to be that way. I believe that you can uh, learn the art of true balance and internal peace. No more anxiety and instead of feeling, uh, instead feel content that your business, that you and your business can actually manage without you being there all, all the time and that feeling of babysitting your business 24-7. Right, well if I can do it and my salon mastery owners can do it then so can you. But first we actually have to decide that's actually what we want. And between the seven to 10 years ago mark, somewhere in that, I forget exactly, I kind of had this awakening myself and that I wouldn't and I couldn't do it like this anymore. I was reaching burnout. I probably started a bit before that, which is kind of funny because as it was, I was 80% out of my business. Although I did start another one and I had a young family <laughs> making, uh, I was making a great income and it afforded me this amazing lifestyle. Yet I was still overwhelmed and stressed. And I realize now looking back more than ever that it had to be an internal decision uh, to aim high to have both a successful and predictable and profitable business that works without me. Not that I don't want to drive my business and be part of it, but it's not a dependent upon me like a heavy weight. A successful, predictable and profitable business that works without you. So that's the first thing. I want to have both that and have the freedom of stress and anxiety. And um, maybe having a little bit of a touch of what I would call your other life, like the, when business is not all-consuming, space for your family, your children, space for shiny objects, if you so want, and space for self. I think you can have both. This is why I often would talk about freedom and profit. I want to have a profitable business, but I want it to be scalable and predictable 
So it's not revolved all around me. I'm free from that hairy chain, uh, ball and chain around my shoulders. And I want to have the freedom of stress and anxiety and being just sort of tied up in a ball all of the time. I want to have the space for my children and the family. Why can't I have my cake and eat it too, right? I do truly believe that you can have both um, success and enjoy life because I see too many people in overwhelm and overworking and overstressing, not being present with their children, not being present with their partners, their life. Um, it's like, what are we doing this for? Um, what are the most important transitions that you'll make in transforming your business from just surviving and living in overwhelm and not having the clarity that you'll actually move the needle in your business and moving to actually thriving and really leveling up and making the next year, you know, this next year, a true leap in your business? Well, the first thing is that you need to decide that you're going to go for it. I know I've said that. You need to decide that you're not going to settle for anything else. And until you cross that line of decision with strength, that you're going to change, evolve, and be successful. And to do this, you need to decide to remove all of the obstacles in, that are in your way for doing that, um, you know, in your way, yeah, for doing exactly that. And can I tell you one of the things one of those things is that you're still thinking like a stylist or a therapist because this is who we were when we went into business. Maybe you're also playing manager, but until you're a, until you step into the mindset and have the clarity of a salon CEO, a real owner, the owner's role, until you are de determined not to turn back, things won't change. So decide this year is going to be different. You will be different. And it starts with self-mastery. In order for your business to grow, we don't get to the goal and then change and be happy. No, we have to change ourselves first to get to the goal. Are we being a million-dollar business owner? Are we behaving as that person? So this year's really, I believe, is all about mastering your inner CEO. It's about self-mastery. And I want to start to think about what are your outcomes that you actually want from your business? Why did you get into business in the first place? Why are you here? I think too often we lose sight of this and we don't really know what we're working towards anymore. Do you know? Maybe accept, uh, you know, I need one more employee and I hope to buy a car this year. Um, hopefully. But I think it's not enough. I want you to get back to your why and have a tangible goal for your business. So let's do this together. Uh, I'm going to suggest that you grab the salon and your planner and work with me let's do this together and work out your outcomes for what you want for yourself now if you've already grabbed the salon annual planner i've since added an additional page since the last two episodes and i realized it was missing when i came to do this episode i was like oh my god i've missed a whole page so you're welcome to download the planner again it's on the same link that i sent it to you in the email or in messenger it's on that same link that you uh, opened it and printed it out within the first place, but I've made an addition. So you don't need to sign up again, just go and click on it again, or if you haven't signed up to it, grab it and I'll send it to you via email. And uh, let's do this work together. Hey, I just wanted to pop in to tell you something. Don't worry, we're gonna get back to this awesome episode in just a second. Now, if this sounds like you, listen up. You have a team, you love your team, but you're sick of wondering why and wishing your team would make their sales targets. 
You want them to be smashing sales because it shows that they're actually looking after their clients really well. Like imagine if you could have a way to make more from the clients that you already have, increase sales without spending more on advertising. Well, it's totally possible and I want to help you. And I want to help you do it with ease, in a classy way. No hard and dirty sales tricks here. Ways to serve your clients, make more, because everybody wins. The team, the client, and of course, you, the business owner. Now, if you want to find out more, just DM me uh, and let's chat. I'll make a plan for you. I'm also going to leave a link for you on the show notes of this episode. All right, let's get back to the episode. So the first thing I want to talk about is your non-negotiables. And I think this is where we need to decide what are they. Too many of us often settle for the leftovers. I remember a time when I was feeling super disheartened that my team got all of the good rostered hours, got uh, the good regular wage, they got the bonuses and the holidays while I covered the hours and the leftovers and I didn't even have control over my business, I felt, right? Um, everyone else put their leave in and I had to kind of fit in between behind that. Well, I say stuff that. You're the one that puts your livelihood on the line. You take all of the risk, put your family at risk. Think about, uh, you think about your business daily, each night. You lie awake thinking about it, even on holidays, on your mind. You're actually the one who works the hardest, maybe in a less traditional way, right? Because we're not getting paid to be working at two o'clock in the morning when we're thinking about our business. But let's face it, this is, it can be all consuming. For me, I'm in business because I actually want a little bit of freedom, freedom to work with who I want, when I want, how I want, have autonomy uh, for the way that I do business, do it my way. I don't want to work into somebody else's framework. I earn what I want to have and have the freedom to strive for the lifestyle that I want to have. Why should I not? So I believe we should plan our business with us at the very core and the center of how and why it is formed. We should put our non-negotiables first. And if we don't want to work Saturdays because we don't like working Saturdays, then don't do it because everybody else does it. Do it your way. If you don't want to work late, late nights or you don't want to start at nine in the morning or you only want to work two days a week, do what you need to do, right? So put in non-negotiables first, like the hours that we will and won't work, like how much we will and won't earn, how much leave we will and won't have. There are so many. Um, and so I want you to think with intention what you're going to say yes or no to. So there are three big ones, and I want to think about a fourth also. So here are the three big ones that, I, that we should be thinking about at the beginning of the year. The first one clearly is your income. And I believe this is super important because unless you have a clear goal of what you want to earn, not only as a stylist or therapist, but as a business owner, in addition, then how can you ever reach it? How will you ever know if you get there? I meet too many owners who don't know what they want to earn financially, or they don't know what they need to get the life that they want in terms of a financial number. And I also believe that these two roles that we have, stylist or therapist and business owner, they should both be paid separately and differently and if we really get into it there there should be three different types of pay payments because um, if you earn as much as you would elsewhere if you can go and be a hairdresser somewhere else I'm just going to make up a number if you can go and be a stylist somewhere and earn 50 to 70k a year then why would you do it for less in your own business when you've got double the work 
right? I get it. You can do anything for a short time while you grow and invest into your business. Totally get that. But I see too many people putting up with this uh, and not earning enough to take home a decent wage. And they justify it and they say, but oh, but I'm putting all the money back into my business. And I say, no, no, you're kidding yourself. I'm calling you out on that. Prioritize yourself and demand from your business what you should earn. Because you need to be able to earn a wage as the technical self, uh, stylist, therapist. You need to be able to earn a wage as the business manager and owner. And then what about the investor? The you as the investor. So there should be actually three different payments that you're working towards getting. Maybe not all on day one. I totally get that. So prioritize yourself and demand from your business what you need to earn. And say no to the things that are going to take you away from that because they're distracting you. So this year, set your goal of what's not negotiable for you. How much will you earn? Now, you might want to think, what do I want to earn in five years and what will I earn this year? And then I want you to add another 20%. Now, depending on your personality, some of you might be saying, oh, I'll be happy with not very much. I don't need much. That's not what it's about. You, I want you to add another 20%. Some of you want to earn $500,000, a million dollars a year in profit, and your business is two, year, two years old. And I say, maybe take 50% off that. So be realistic, but you want it to be just a little bit uncomfortable, but realistic. Right. Now, even if you don't count it within this 12-month period, but on a weekly or monthly basis, what do you want to earn? You know, uh, if you compare to say what your team earn, I want you to earn more than your team and then annualize that number. I think, and of course, I'm talking in New Zealand and Australian dollars here. I think you shouldn't settle for less than than $100,000 to $150,000 a year. Like, honestly, you deserve it. No one else would work this hard for less. So why would you do it? Now, again, caveat, uh, you've got to work your way up to this. You don't want to be in year one of business and expect $150,000 a year. Thank you very much. Um, but work towards it. Whatever you demand from your business is what you will get. I spent way too long in my business earning $300 a week while my team earned double that. And it just sent me into resentful land. And I want to shortcut that process for you. Don't do it. <laughs> okay, we've talked about uh, setting some non-negotiables around your income. Let's talk about setting some non-negotiables for your working hours. How many hours do you want to work in and on your business? And again, you can set these hours and set your own boundaries. Um, and, you know, you can work as long and as hard as you need to. But... I love my business, but I won't let myself get to into, into burnout. Not anymore. Been there, done that, and I want to save you from the trials and tribulations of that. I would rather take slightly longer to achieve the goal that I'm aiming for and not push beyond my own limits. It is just not worth it. The toll is too high a price to pay. Trust me, I learned this from my own behavior. So... Uh, I think set some really strong boundaries around the hours that you're prepared to put into your business. And the smart thing about doing that is it forces you to ask different questions to yourself and get a better result. When we're prepared to do the long and hard yards and work the long and hard way, we'll often take the long road to achieve the goal because you're like, oh, just give it to me and I'll do it and I'll smash it out. But no, when you have... Uh, two things happen. When you have strong boundaries, you have to look for different ways to get the same result in a shorter amount of time. You will always use the available time that you have. And if you have less, you'll use less. It's just one of those 
facts of life. The other thing is that rest and recuperation is, is I think is vital for success. First, burnout is no way to live because you don't have two or three lives, do you? You get one. But I also believe that rest and recuperation is vital to the growth strategy. I'll talk to you about that in just a moment. Now, I believe you need about 20 hours a week to work on your business if you really want to grow and thrive. And then what you do with the rest is up to you. So if you're working on your business, on the marketing, on the sales, on the growth and the management, the leadership, the strategies, the finances, all of those things, then what you do with the other 20 hours is up to you. You might choose to care for your children. Now, you might choose to serve clients that you love. You also might choose to go walking on the beach and enjoy yoga or the gym. You might choose to be front of house and direct your team or uh, serve clients. Uh, you might invest in growing your business even more. So this is really going to depend, of course, on the different stages and phases of business, give or take. But you simply can't be working in your business all of the hours whilst you're working. Because whilst you're working in your business, who's working on your business, right? You can't be working on your business to your best of ability, the best of your ability. And you cannot grow a business in the 15-minute gaps between clients or from your laptop in bed at 11 o'clock at night. Besides, this is actually no way to live. So when it's just you and your business is very small, there's, there's not a lot to do. There's a little bit of stock ordering and a little bit of marketing and a little bit of admin, and you can kind of squeeze that in in not too many hours. When you have a small team, you need to be at least looking at four to six hours working on the business. And when you have a growing team, you need to increase this until you have your management team set up who is going to now double down on those hours and increasing those hours for them. Because uh, once you've got a management team, now you're going to have to focus on managing the managers, new level, new devil. So I think about the average for a growing team, except for when you're right at the beginning, and maybe when you've got a strong management team, it's roughly around 20 hours. It's not a perfect science, it's part science, it's part art, of course. So what's your number? What do you want to achieve by the end of this year? So with that in mind, Let's talk about number three, your leave. How many weeks are you going to be away from the business? Now, here in New Zealand, uh, you get four paid weeks leave every year, right? So my question is, are you taking that? Now, I know in America, you probably get one, and I think in Australia, you get three. Doesn't matter how many uh, is legally available, but take a leaf out of New Zealand's page and so why do we have four weeks leave? It's called rest and recuperation, right? And if we can create space in our lives, it's not just about sitting on the beach, although I love to do that too. I want to talk a little bit about white space and why it's such an important piece of the puzzle as a business owner. If you're having your best ideas when you're in the shower in the morning, then I'm telling you, you're not creating enough white space in your life to think and dream and be creative and have creative problem-solving space in your brain to help grow your business. If you're constantly on the wheel and thinking about the next thing and you've got that, do you know that little bit of uh, nervous energy when you just can't sort of chill and you have to, you, you tell yourself, I'm an 
active relaxer, but you always have this little sense of anxiety sitting in your chest or somewhere in your body. You're not creating enough white space for yourself. And it's in the white space that the magic happens. This is when your brain gets a chance to unpack and unravel the challenges that you have and the things that you're trying to solve. And sometimes you're on holiday and you're going for a walk down the beach with your family and suddenly, boom, you solve the problem. You go, oh my God, that's the thing I need to do. So you're not going to do that while you're jamming it out and working hard. And I want you to create the space. Now, I know many don't. Many don't take that many that much holidays on an annual basis until they join me, of course, because I enforce it. And Seller Mastery, I enforce, I force you to have holidays. And um, maybe what if you decided to have more than four weeks? Because if you if you're not you're not in business to work hard all of your life so you can have the last 15, 20 years at the end rumbling around too old and broken to enjoy the life that you've worked hard for. It doesn't kind of doesn't compute. So I reckon 44 weeks of the year should be enough to do the work. If you're doing the right work, the strategic work and the CEO work, that gives you six weeks of life between the intensity of work to have a life. So my question to you is, what do you commit to? And if you're starting from the bottom, then start with two weeks this year. Great. And if it's four weeks, start with four weeks this year and make it your long-term goal to move towards six weeks holiday. This year... I'm having six weeks holiday. I've booked it in my calendar. Now I'm in five years in, in, in this business. I'm five years in. So it's taken me a little while to get there and feel comfortable about that. Um, but this is the year. So set the goal. What is it now? And improve from what you have. Now it's a good goal because for you to be away, you have to have some things in place to be able to do that effectively, to do that and do it without anxiety. I want you to be able to, here's a wee, uh, way to think about it the first goal is you need to be able to walk out of the business and come back in 24 hours time and everything's going thriving growing and as you left it not come back to the place on fire literally or figuratively and if you can achieve that congratulations the next goal should be you should be able to walk away for two weeks and if you can walk out of the business for two weeks and you can come back, the business is thriving, everybody's happy, there's been no fire explosions, literally or figuratively, then congratulations, well done. That should be the next goal. And then the last goal is, can you leave your business? Not saying that you have to or that you even want to. Can you leave your business for six weeks and come back and it's thriving and growing, maybe even better than when you left it and there are no explosions, figuratively or literally. And I think that is the goal in terms of setting up systems and processes within your business. Now, the last two episodes, we talked about stages and phases and the nine drivers of business. If you work on those nine drivers at the right time and phase of your business, then you can achieve that. And this is a good measure of success. So plan the leave for the stage and the phase that you're at in business right now. Get them in your calendar now. All right. The last but not least to just take a moment to go back to your why. Why are you here? Why are you in business? What does this all mean? And is it serving you? When you're clear on your why and what it means for you to be in business, it gives you purpose and strength for your business life to say yes and no to the right to the questions that come up or the decisions that we need to make. It gives you focus and direction. Business should be the engine that drives you towards your life goals. Business should not be the life goal, I think. Don't you worry, I spent many hours believing that it was my life's work. 
And it was. I was actually just having a conversation with someone the other day. I used to work long and hard hours. And to be honest, I loved it and I thrived on it. And in that moment, when I looked into my future and, I, and me on my deathbed, you know, as you do, I actually believed that it was a good investment of my time at the time. And I still agree. I worked hard at that time. But we can't sustain that for years on end. Life has stages and phases. And one can't go full tilt working 60 hours a week uh, for 65 years and then retire. It just, it's just not a good strategy. <laughs> so just like the stages and phases in your business that we talked about in the last episode, there are stages and phases in life too. So I want you to be a little bit intentional about it. Don't feel trapped. The trap is to feel trapped in your business. And I'm telling you, you have choice. You just have to believe it. Now, I know for me, we're talking in stages and phases of life. Well, when I was a teenager, can't say that uh, I was the best daughter for a short time there, driving my parents mad. But my late teens, I guess, was all about learning the skills. I got my apprenticeship. I learned the technical skills that have set me up for life. My 20s really was about building my business and actually growing as an adult. My, my business only grew as much as I grew as a, as a human being. In my 30s, it was about growing a business with babies, with a family and managing and learning to juggle. And this is where I really learned the meaning and the purpose around freedom and profit. How do I run a business and spend time with my family uh, and have two babies, a business baby and a real baby? And then, of course, I had two real babies. My 40s, I guess, was for me, was really about redefining me and building a business around the lifestyle that I wanted and redefining that and rediscovering myself because when you're in your 30s you're discovering yourself but then you have babies and you you undiscover yourself and you realize there is no self there's just children and business and in my 40s I wanted to rediscover myself and so stepping into my 50s it's really about building a future and creating enough space to care for those around me I'm aware that the life stage and face is going to change and so my needs and demands around business is going to be different and then God forbid, when I reach into my 60s and beyond, well, I think there's new adventures. I reckon I'll never retire because creative entrepreneurs, I don't know about you, but I'm a creative entrepreneur. I can't sit around and sit in the garden and watch the birds. <laughs> but it'll be a business that's not so reliant on me. Something different, a new adventure. So I want you to think about the stage and phase you are in your life and what it is that you actually want in this stage. Be intentional about it. All right. We have some kind of remnants of a plan. Now, you might be far away from the plan that you have, but don't worry too much about the destination is a journey, actually. It doesn't matter where you are on the journey. It just matters that you know what the journey is, that you have a plan for it, and then you recognize when you arrive at the destination. So I want you to get your salon and your plan, annual planner. Do you have a digital version? Do you have a paper version? What are you going to do with that? And I want you to commit to writing it down because only 2% of the population uh, actually commit to doing that. So be one of the, the small percentage of the population that actually takes action and actually achieves massive success. Such a tiny number, it blows my mind. So the point is, what got you here to this point in time is not going to get you to the next stage. And each stage of your business and life needs a different focus from you as the business owner. So... I gave you the details on how to know where you are in the business journey 
and the kind of things that you should be focusing on this year as a result in the Salon and your planner and the last two episodes. So if you haven't already listened to those, I'm going to recommend that you go back, get on those um, and get them on your listen list and give them a go. And if you don't have the Salon and your planner, then grab it now and come along this journey with me. Let's do it together. Before we wrap up, I just want to touch on one thing, and that is first things first, for you to take any action and do things differently this year, I want you to think about the amount of time that you have available to do the things that you want to do to achieve the things that you want to achieve. One of the biggest roadblocks that I come across with hair and beauty professionals is how much time they're spending on the floor serving clients. You cannot grow your business while you're serving clients 40 to 50 hours of the week. You desperately need to change and create some time for you to work on your business. Because if nothing changes, guess what? Nothing changes. So if you're serving clients, then I ask you, who is running your business? Stop serving the clients full time and step fully into your role as the CEO. Now, don't freak out on me. You don't have to come off the floor 100% of the time. That's not the goal. Well, not yet anyway. <laughs> but I reckon the optimum time, as I mentioned before, is around the 20 hours to run your business, depending on the size of your team and your business, of course, and what you do with the rest of your time is up to you. But that time needs to be spent on implementing systems and the structures, employing team, training them, growing them, new team members, ensuring that your team will continue to thrive as you step up into your leadership role. Systems and processes shall set you free. So uh, you need some face time in front of your team to lead them to the promised land. Like you can't do all that with what I call hallway management, which is the kind of management you do when you're fully on the floor. And the only time you get to talk to them is you walk past as you're carrying the 20 volt. 20 volt. <laughs> so if you're already off the floor full time then and working on your business, then I say congratulations, a virtual high five to you. Um, but for those that aren't, to make a change, you need to make a change. And so I know what you're thinking. But I don't know what I should be doing when I'm not serving clients or dealing with all of the fireballs that my team throw at me during the day. Like, how do I get off the mouse wheel? And if that's how you're feeling, like I know I can feel this pull that I need to make something change, but I'm not sure how to get off the, the mouse wheel. And if it feels like a huge leap from where you are now, then well, that's okay. But be true to where you are in the journey. The magic is in the doing, but doing the right things. We talked about that in the first episode but there are some things that you should stop doing so you can get some shit done. So if you want to talk about that, then let's do that. I want to quickly touch through a couple of things that are going to help you make it happen. A little bit of accountability. And I really think don't go it alone. Okay. One, two, three, four. Four things to help you get some accountability. Are you ready? I've got a page for this in the Salon Annual Planner, so I'm going to get you to commit to write this down. The first is accountability. Make yourself accountable, accountable with reminders everywhere. Put them on your phone, put them in your calendar, pin it to your wall, put it as your phone passcode. Don't take this piece of paper, the Salon Annual Planner, and just write on it and then stuff it in the drawer. You'll never see it again. Commit to change and commit to the goals that you've set for yourself and not only plan it now, but plan it in your calendar now throughout the year. So number two is two monthly planning. We call them sprints here at Salon Mastery. And um, we used to do quarterly planning. I guess as the long story short is we used to do quarterly planning, but we've moved to two monthly sprints. We discovered three months was too long and we ran out of juice. So commit to this process of planning every two months. Get clear on your goal. 
Do this exercise again, get it into your appointment book now so you can make it happen. Number three, share it. Uh, there's something magical about sharing the goals and dreams that you have with the people, the important people around you in your life. Because if you speak with them and you tell them your intention, you're more likely to do it. I don't know about you, but if I tell someone I'm going to do something, I'd be very embarrassed not to do it. So it takes a village to raise a business. And I think bring the people closer in. Let them support you on the journey. And the last thing is get help. Business is lonely enough at the top of the pile. Because I know, I don't know about you, tell me if you resonate with this. People around you often don't understand what it's like to own a business. They either look up to you and then they, they look up to you and think, oh my God, you own a business. And then you feel like a fraud. Um, or they think that you're mad working all these hours that you work or the intensity that you work. Or they think that you can work your own hours and wonder why they can't catch up with coffee and lunch because you're completely smashed and busy. And they're like, oh, she's ignoring me. So I believe you should always get help in growing and running your business. And I've always had some sort of network around me. Um, I was not formally trained in business and I learned all from life experience or paying hundreds of thousands of dollars in educating myself in business. I also had the right people around me. So first things first, Get help. Getting help speeds up the learning process. It fast tracks your knowledge, not to mention it minimizes the mistakes, right? Because you get the benefit of those who've already made the mistakes. They can now teach you the right way and kind of bypass all the pitfalls. It's really a shortcut from someone who's been there, done that. Personally, I believe uh, in having a balance from outside of the industry and within the industry. And I think that's where you get a you know, a good fresh set of ideas and specific ways of doing things specifically in your industry. And you get a nice balance of that, right? Because as an industry, we're pretty unique. I think you need three types of people to support your network and your world. And number one, someone that's always ahead of where you are. Some, you know, someone who's been where you've been. Someone who's been where you're going. Like somebody who's ahead. Someone who's just a few steps ahead of you who's doing what you want to be doing, um, but they're doing it just moments ahead of you. And then you want somebody who's right there with you in the trenches. You want a good community of owners at the same level of you as you're doing what you're doing. Your peers, right? So someone that's way ahead, someone's a step ahead, and someone who's right there with you. So I want you to take a little bit of time to think about, like, what support network do you have in place? What's the piece that's missing? Sometimes we need a bit of a guiding light. If you look at all the people in history or people who are killing it in business today, they're not going it alone uh, and struggling with battles alone. No, they have advisors, coaches, mentors, community, learning. So show me a pro athlete who doesn't have a coach and you're no different. I'm no different. And if you want to level up this year, then I really think it's a must for you. So before we wrap up, this is my last thought. Who will you choose to help you this year? Now, for me, I've had some great coaches and I've had some not so great coaches. Um, you know, every now and then you get a mismatch. So I want you to think about uh, who you're going to choose and where you'll get the support from. Choose someone that you know, that you like and that you trust and that you can get to know them and what they stand for. Because what you're paying for is their version of success, their pathway and their way of thinking and doing things. Because I think, uh, well, there is. 
often more than one way of doing things, right? So what you're doing by choosing one company or one person or one way of doing things is committing to that one way and following, uh, following through to completion. Because I think if you follow too many guides, YouTube mentors or free things, you step into overwhelm actually and not actually move forward because you're getting small pieces of everybody's stuff. Does that make sense? So when you choose someone, make sure it's someone that you resonate with and agree with their values, their style. And remember, just a little bit of, of gut instinct also goes a long way. Learn as much about them as you possibly can. And then dive in 100% committed to do the work. Make time to show up and do the work and follow through. And when it gets hard, trust the process. Be open. Be coachable. Does that make sense? All right. Uh, if you're committed to leveling up this year and you want to make a change then, and you're looking for somebody to work with, then maybe we're a match. I work with a certain type of salon owner, um, someone who has a salon or a spa who's looking to make a huge leap forward. And you have a team with anywhere between four to seven people um, or eight plus all the way up, actually, but a minimum of four people, and you're already smashing seven to eight thousand dollars a week. I help salon owners prepare and grow their business to the million dollar plus mark. So, if you want to grow and you want to be a million dollar salon, then let's talk. I work with people that feel more than ready to step into their role as being a real business owner, a real CEO, rather than just staying in the loop of. Uh, I don't know, two steps forward, two steps back. You really want to harness the role as the business owner. You've done your time as a stylist or a therapist, and I'm not berating anybody who wants to stay and do that or wants to partly do that. But if you really want to make a change, then how I work is I help you really step into that role as a CEO. And you want to grow a team, a sustainable business, I guess a, a predictable business that's not all centered around you. So you can enjoy a little bit of freedom along the way right? Because I really believe a successful business needs to be greater than, than the business owner. That's too much pressure. <laughs> uh, I work with people who are open, coachable, and prepared to put the right strategic systems in place into the business. Like If you're an action taker, we'll get on really, really well. 60 days from now, things could be completely different. In a year from now, life and business could be maybe even better than you imagined. So if you want to have a chat, best place to find me is DM me on Facebook uh, PM me on Facebook, DM me on Instagram, is that how it works? Can't wait to find out more about you and your salon. And that's all I have to say about that. I hope this has been super useful and I look forward to tuning in with you again. Same time, same place on the next episode. Ciao for now. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the podcast. Tune in every week as I reveal the latest insights and advice on what it takes to truly master your inner salon CEO and master your salon success. Subscribe to the Salon Owners Collective podcast on iTunes or Spotify or visit us online at www.salonownerscollective.com. But make sure to join me in my Facebook group for answers to common questions and much, much more. Thanks for listening and I look forward to tuning in with you again next week.